Are you struggling in your faith? Are you pretending you're happy but stuck in a spiritual rut? Are you tired of listening to famous pastors and preachers who make it sound so easy? Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Protestant and Catholic voice in America. I talk about the important things that nobody else is talking about, like how to align with God's plan for your life, because I believe this is where 90% of Christians get stuck. And I tackle the negative self-talk that we all secretly struggle with, but won't admit. My guests are brave Protestants and Catholics who share their struggles, their fears, and their daily holy habits that help them win in their spiritual lives. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist and a spiritual coach to Christian business owners and CEOs who are married with children. This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. My guest today is Mark Victor Hansen and his wife, Crystal. Mark is probably best known as the co-author for the Chicken Soup for the Soul book series and brand, setting world records in book sales with over 500 million books sold. That is a massive achievement. Mark and his wife, uh, entrepreneur and business strategist, Crystal Dwyer Hansen, just released their new book called Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. Now, BC Nation, with all of the challenges we face out here today, we oftentimes give up on our dreams. You have beautiful dreams inside of you, the things you would like to have, the relationships you'd love to enjoy, and the wellness and well-being that would help you express your best in every way. But often those dreams lie buried inside of you, hidden by fear or unworthiness or a lack of awareness of what could be. Mark has soothed millions of souls through Chicken Soup for the Soul, now through the real life stories of some of the most enlightened individuals of all time. He and Crystal aim to immerse you and I today in the wondrous potential of our own lives by simply learning to ask the right questions. Mark Victor Hansen and Crystal, welcome to Broken Catholic. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Uh, thank you, Joseph. We're so happy to be here with you. Perfect. And uh, what happened is we wrote Ask because we've traveled to 80 countries, Joseph, around the world, and we meet wonderful, wonderful people that are lovely, educated, professional, courteous, kind, all kinds of stuff, and, well, and well-educated. But the difference between those who succeed a little and those who succeed a great deal is one thing only, to become what we now call master askers, which is what the major, the master teacher said, ask like you and I were saying before we began, and you shall receive. But nobody really went deep on that. And, and so we, mm. first of all, did all of our studies because we said, hey, wait a second. If you're alive, you're uh, spiritually speaking, you're alive to create Genesis 128, right? Create, create, create. And you and I are here to create. And then the second is you're here to contribute. So you've got to ask yourself how to do that. And we're saying, you got to ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. And then, and only then, we think you can fulfill your destiny. And seeing as we're sequestered as 8 billion of us, every one of us has got to do their own homework. That's the mm. point as far as we're concerned. Crystal, let me ask you this. Yes. Why is now the right time for you to release this book, write this book, put this book out to the world? Why now? Obviously, you wrote the book before the pandemic came. 
Um, maybe you're not clairvoyant and you didn't see this all coming. Um, why now? Why was this on your heart for both of you? Well, it's funny because when Mark and I wrote the book, we realized that through every serious challenge we've ever had in our lives, you know, the way we got out of it was by a series of asking questions. And that's the ask yourself part and then asking God the way forward. So here we are in this pandemic. It's a major global challenge to all of us. It has changed life completely. It's taken away a lot for so many people. I mean, a lot of us are going to have to rebuild, revector. And so it is the perfect time for us to sit with ourselves and go on that asking journey. You know, start by asking yourself, asking others and asking God. And the asking yourself part is, is really important because most of us don't know where we are. It's very confusing right now, we're stuck. But this is also a beautiful opportunity because we've had some more time at home, things have slowed down and maybe it's what God has provided for us to take a look at our lives and start examining it a little bit deeper. And we say there are three critical phases to asking yourself and those are where am i now you know and all of the other little sub questions that come after where am i now am i am i doing the best i can do i like the way my life is going could i be doing something different better what 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 is the best expression of myself and the second critical phase is where do i want to be so many people you know, are just get caught up in their lives and we're on that hamster wheel and we never stop and take that time with ourselves to say, what do I really want to be doing? Where do I want to be in my life? And when you sit down with yourself and God and start asking those questions, all of those answers start to come to you. And, and you know, we, we say like, imagine, ask if you were perfectly successful. If you, your idea of your perfect success right now, what would that look like? What would that look like to you? What would you be doing? How would you be waking up every day? What would you be focusing on? Who would you be talking to? What would be the most meaningful to you? All of these questions need to be asked and answered so that you can create what we call the architecture for your life. And then the final phase of that critical, the final critical phase of asking yourself is, what specific action do I need to take now that I've determined these other things? So it's such a powerful journey and um, I'll let you comment to that. Yeah, yeah that was really good. And uh, bring up, I was on with a coaching client of mine just last week. Um, and I asked him the, those two basic questions, right? Where are you now? And where do you want to go? Right? Because you have to have the destination. But before you can get there, you got to look, where are you on the map right now? Otherwise, there's no way to get there, right? And he, it was easy with the, where are you now question? He was like, here's what's wrong with my life. Here's what's not working. Here's what, right. But when I asked him, okay, I want you to close your eyes and imagine what is your life look like in the future, that ideal life, right? Where do you want to go? What does that destination look like? He just went quiet and he struggled. Right. And he's like, this is really difficult. I was like, why is that? And he said, I, I don't think about <laughs> where I want to go. Like, I'm out of practice with that. Isn't that sad? Yeah, I mean, most of us are out of touch with our deepest dreams and desires. And that's why Mark and I wrote this book. That's what we discovered. And the asking journey is how you rediscover that and start moving across that bridge to your destiny. And then adding to that, we said there are seven roadblocks to asking. I'll just do the seventh one because that fits here. Disconnection. 
And I think it's, I, I've never talked about this before, Joseph, and, and I'm getting goosebumps, so I think I'm telling the truth. Um, you guys can comment on whether you see it like I see it, but number one, you're disconnected to, from yourself, which is what this guy does. And what we're saying is everybody has been cut off. It is, it, it's not like a choice. You just, the government imposed the cut down, whether it's right or wrong, that's not the objection right now. Then the second thing is, once you're cut off, if you cut yourself off, then you're really done because most people are doing too much screen time too much mm -hmm. negativity. And when I lived back in Hicksville, Long Island, New York, and I went bankrupt 1974, I built the Wall Street Racket Club Botanical Gardens eight years, and I thought I was hot stuff at 20 something, right? And, and the point is, I went bankrupt so fast, I asked the wrong question. How do you go bankrupt by yourself, which I surely did. And it was my best worst experience for six months, but I disconnected from who I was and I was listening to all the bad news fit to print, reading it, sub, and, and what happens is exactly why your show is number one in so many categories. Your input determines your throughput and your output, and so you've got to have really positive input like this podcast, like the books that we write, the audios we do, the videos we've got on YouTube, because every one of us has got to transform, and, and our corporate symbol is a butterfly, and we're saying, hey, look, all of us start as a caterpillar, but now all of us, 100 percent of 8 billion people are in a cocoon and we're ready we think and, and asking is the only way to get us into that high-flying glorious beautiful radiant butterfly i agree with you i think uh after this pandemic uh well during it we're all in a cocoon on total <laughs> agreement only some of us are going to come out resurrected and that, that will be a choice others will remain dead um, and I know that's, you know, drastic language there, but I think it really applies. There's so many people right now that are just fire hosing more fear into themselves, expecting a their life to go well. And, and this just does not work, does not work. So I agree with you. It's all about asking the right questions. How do we know what are the right questions to ask ourselves, to ask others, to ask God, and which are just useless questions, right? right. Unimpactful yeah. questions. What yeah. do you got, Crystal? It's such an individual thing, Joseph. I mean, um, we're all on this journey. And so I think, I think that process that we were talking about before, it's just really looking around you and, and asking, you know, where you are right now. Also, I want to talk about um, the first part of the book. You know, as, as children, we're all master askers. Okay, because we come into this world full of the spirit of God and we want to know who, what, when, where, why, how. And we also want to ask for more, 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 right? Because our spirit is alive. It's perfect. And then over time through, you know, maybe bad parenting, schools, you know, businesses, people shut you down. They say, don't, don't talk unless you're called upon. Don't ask any more questions. You get rejected. Life puts you down. And suddenly... Mm -hmm that beautiful ability to ask, to, to be curious about everything in life and want those answers and seek, 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 that gets crushed out of us. And what a sad thing. And what we're saying is we want to rekindle that ability. We want everybody to come back to life almost as a child because children are unashamed um, to ask for anything. And that's how we need to be. And the funny thing is, is um, the, the seven roadblocks to asking that Mark talked about, we, we looked at all the studies on asking and people come into this idea of asking someone for help or advice or asking for something with completely the wrong notions. The studies show that people coming in think that they'll be perceived as being stupid, ignorant, 
um, pushy, obnoxious, if we ask someone about something, information, advice, help. The opposite is true. The studies show that if you ask for something, you are 80% more likely to get your request granted. And so I think that's a big part of it because we are here to be a resource for one another. And I think while social media has already artificially connected us, it's disconnected us so much. You know, you used to, when we were growing up, we'd have to run down the street. You want to make a friend, you run down the street and go, hi, can, can you play? I want to be, will you be my friend? You know? <laughs> and, and now it's like these kids, you can, you can unfriend someone with a push of a button. It's just so cold. And so as human beings, part of this asking journey is being, being able to ask one another. And sometimes by asking someone else questions like, what do you see are my, my best talents? You were saying, what are the right questions? You know, asking someone else, is there something I'm missing? You know, sometimes your friend or a family member sees something in you when you're feeling down that you've never seen. And so having those conversations, asking each other, we are one another's greatest resource on this earth and we're supposed to be. But, you know, we need to ask. We need to feel confident in asking. I, I love what you're saying. And I think the biggest culprits, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the biggest culprits of not asking for help are definitely men. And Mark, <laughs> am I wrong? Am I right? What true or true? I mean, let's be real. Like I, most, many of my clients are guys and they are, man, I got to like get past their egos and all this stuff just to get them to that vulnerable place of saying, I need help. That's in the I don't the way, have it all figured out. The, the seven roadblocks, let me just hit the first one now. Right? The first one is sense of unworthiness. I'm going to shorten a long story because I know this guy so well. But Bob Proctor, you know, is nowadays a superstar. But he started out, he was crushed. He had a depressed spirit. He went through the Navy in Canada. He's a fireman making 4000 6000 feeling trashed, drinking too much, decides never to drink again. Goes to a rich guy and says, I want to be successful, healthy, happy like you, and I'm going to ask you to teach me how to do it. Guy teach him how to do it, becomes a window washer, does so well by asking that he asks everybody for business. Pretty soon he hires the whole fire department. Pretty soon he's making, you know, going to 25000 a month, and then pretty soon a million a year, and then he owns places in Toronto and Montreal and Atlanta and, and UK. So everyone said, well, how'd you get rich? Because you never even graduated high school. The point is, he said he emerge back to this transformation into your butterflyness. I tell that story to one of our clients who owns 72 Hour Real Estate, who we interviewed as one of the 26 great askers, Greg Hagen. He said, until I read that, I didn't see I had a sense of unworthiness. Mm. He said, I'm, eight, I'm in eighth grade and I love the girl next door, but my dad is called Chubby. So I thought to be powerful like my dad, I had to be a fat so. So I was a fat so. And he said, my self-worth was zero. And I, I told dad, dad, I'm going to invite her to the eighth grade prom. It's the most exciting thing in my life. And every day, dad, go upstairs. There's only one phone in this house. You call her right now and set it up. Three days in a row, I didn't do it. Every day, he says, did you call her? Did you call her? And I didn't. And I didn't invite her because I was so big, so terrified. And I had such low self-esteem. Afterwards, I lied to my dad. I said, I called her and she said, she's going to football player. She told me the day after prom, I was waiting for you to call. No one took me to prom. So when we don't work on our self-worth, our self-esteem, our self-love, our God in us trying to manifest that that is highest and best, noblest, instead of our little self, but into our high self, we lose, but so does everyone around us. So what I'm hearing you say is that it's very selfish not to ask. <laughs> I've never heard that before, but I love that line. 
It is I mean, true or true? Yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, God gave you this life and your life is important and it's beautiful. And if you're not willing to put yourself out there and, and you know, walk into that and express yourself and be willing to ask for what you deserve and keep asking for those signs, because every time you ask a question, you'll suddenly you'll get a solution. You ask another question and keep asking. And then finally you'll get an illumination. You ask and ask, and then a, a, a new plan comes to you. And it is really a magical experience. Mark and I spend the first hour of every day, Joseph, in prayer and meditation time. And I think this is a really important thing to share with the audience because we're so, you know, we get our beeps and our alerts every minute on our phone and, and we are so distracted from ourselves. It's, it's such a sad thing. I think the distraction is the enemy's number one weapon right now in the world. Oh my goodness. Amen. I agree. It's the number one because it's so subtle. It doesn't seem evil. Mm -hmm. and it's, oh, it's so entertaining. It's just a cheap way to entertain ourselves and distract ourselves. And in the meantime, you have this life that is waiting for you. You have this destiny. If you don't take that time by yourself with God, that quiet space, and shut out the rest of the world, you'll never be able to hear the voices. You'll never mm. be able to, first of all, when you ask yourself, literally studies show a different part of your brain goes to work for you. And it's the part of your brain that does critical thinking. Okay. What a beautiful, brilliant design, you know, God made us with like here we, we ask the question, boom, our brains light up. You ask God, that answer will be there for you. But you, if we're constantly distracted, we're not going to hear it. I mean, I find that sometimes I'll ask like the silliest thing. I mean, whatever it is, you have to be aware and quiet enough to hear that answer and it will always come to you. But if you're constantly distracted, you will never hear it. So like Mark was saying, shut down from the world. I'm a transformational life coach as well. And, you know, I tell people, while it appears that your world is out there and it's coming at you, that's not true. The reality is your world it's your life experience is created from the inside out. And so the more time you spend with yourself in this asking journey, getting those questions answered and deliberately creating that template and that beautiful architecture for your life as you get those answers, as you start to sculpt, as you get in touch with yourself and reconnect with yourself and say, what do I want? Just like your client. I have the same thing with so many clients. They don't have any idea what they truly want because the phone's going off, this is going off. And so we're like, you know, a, a, a planet hurtling through space with no direction until we take this journey with ourselves and God. If I may add just one thing. Um, I, I never thought about it until you asked this question. So, you know, I did Chicken Soup with the Soul Bible, little stories get you in the big story and a red letter edition of what Jesus really said. And the, the question the disciples asked when he kept meditating was, what are you doing? He said, I'm about my father's business. Mm -hmm. Well, your father's business, I interpret that, and you're allowed to interpret it differently, but my interpretation is he's asking God, what am I supposed to do? And then the second thing to prove that, and again, I got goosebumps. You're doing a great interview, Joseph, or letting <laughs> us talk, whatever this is. We just watched on Netflix the most important show I've ever seen called The Young Messiah when Jesus was seven, and he has to go into the temple, and he asks these, the, the old rabbis who are supposed to be eminently wise, Ask him, ask him all the questions and says, just simple one was, well, was God a carpenter thinking that the kid's going to get crushed at seven years old? And he said, yeah. The rabbi says, well, tell me, okay, young Joseph, Bar Joseph, why 
is God a carpenter? He said, well, he told Noah, a guy with no engineering, no architecture, no design ability to build an ark. He said, any other examples? So he starts going through and he said, well, Solomon was a king. He was trained as a king. He wasn't trained to build the biggest and most glorious gold-laden, jasper-filled, emerald, sapphire temple in human history and be worth $4 trillion. And he just goes through all this stuff and you go, there's no way a seven-year-old could do it. And what I'm saying is, you know, when he said all things are possible to him who believes, that it, the belief is asking to wake up your belief. Mm. You know, speaking of Bible verses, and you can uh, pinpoint it for me, I don't have it off the top of my head, but when Jesus says, ask, um, seek, and knock, right? And he, and he expand, expands on each one of them. He does it in a very specific order. And first he says, ask. Then he says, seek. Then he says, knock. And if you put those three in order, it actually spells the acronym ASK. Oh, my goodness. I, I never, never thought about that. That's really beautiful. Isn't wow. that amazing? Another big clue. <laughs> it's another big clue that Jesus is saying, ask. Yes. And oh. then he gives us three ways to do it, right? And wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. And we don't want to wait. We don't want to wait, right? Because we want to take back control. Our little control freaks got to take over and, and fight for it. So I love what you guys are saying. I like to bring this uh, very tactical and practical for my listener. We're speaking about asking the right questions um, and who to ask them from, right? So ask ourselves, ask others, ask God. I'm clear on that. I'd love for you to just both kind of germinate. I'm going to go back and forth to each of you. We're going to take about just a few minutes here. And I'm going to ask, what are your best three questions, your three best questions you've ever asked yourself? And then your three best questions you've ever asked others. And then your be three best questions you've ever asked God that have really impacted your life. Are you up for this? Yeah, yeah, they, those are good. Um, All right, so let's start with the first one. Crystal, what are your three best questions you've ever asked yourself that have impacted or shifted your life? Um, I think you know, I, this takes some thought, but I think I like to ask myself questions. If I'm feeling any negativity, it's like, I like to ask myself, is that true? Because I, I really don't ever like to, to feel negative thoughts if, you, if I start doing that negative thinking. And I also ask myself, instead of thinking that, I, I'll say, what are the greatest things that are happening? So if I find myself focusing on what's wrong, what's wrong, what's, what's wrong, you know, I've got to fix this because we're all problem solvers. The human mind wants to go solve a problem. You see a problem. So you can start to page to the problems and then you start to feel like more things are wrong than right. So I like to ask myself, what am I grateful for? What is amazing in my life? And I start looking around what, you know, I look around the room. I look at him. I go, oh my gosh, I have the greatest husband in the world. I look have at that sexy beat there look at that sexy beast exactly you know what other <laughs> blessings do i have oh you know my kids oh my gosh these beautiful grandkids um look at this place that we live in what do i have to be grateful for i think that is one of the most powerful lesson or questions that i ask myself all the time and what about a third so you got is that true um what are the greatest things that i'm grateful for right now happening what's your third um, how can I be my best today? How can I be my best today? 
All right, BC Nation, I want you to have a pen and paper out right now. Write down these questions. These are the keys that will unlock your destiny. God has a destiny for you. You, at any given moment in your life, I truly believe that we are either uh, resisting God's destiny or we're cooperating with God's destiny. These are the keys that unlock that for you. So take out your pen and paper, write these down. Mark, what do you got? What are the three best questions you've ever asked yourself? I will do those three, but back to the bigger part of the question. If people don't know the questions, what I'm asking them to do is get a copy of the book and get somebody else to read it and buddy up on these questions because these questions are, like she said, illuminating to your life and put light on your path. So my first one was when I went bankrupt because it crashed my spirit and I thought my self-worth and net worth were the same. So I said, do I have a reason to live? And, in, in, you know, the subset of that is, do I have a reason to contribute? And then what I did, number three, is what am I supposed to do? Because what is my passion and purpose? What is my magnificent obsession? And it was that I want to talk to people that care about things that matter that would make a life-changing difference. And I started out as a speaker, and then people said, well, you have that story in a book, because my mother was a great storyteller. I learned how to be a raconteur is a big word for it. And I'm a professional speaker. We did a little book. And I tripled my income. And I said, this is, there's a book called Stand Up, Speak on Win. And I, I, everyone wanted it. I said, this is my bestseller. It wasn't a national bestseller, a New York Times bestseller, but it was mine. So I was contributing. Fantastic. All right, back to you, Crystal. This is like, we're going back and forth here. What are the three best questions you've ever asked others that have shifted your life? I think, you know, I, I'm always, if someone's, um, I, I love looking at people's lives and I love, being curious about it. I think, you know, being curious about someone else, when you see someone doing something well or something you'd like to aspire to, I always love to find out more and I, I'm not afraid to ask. You know, I'll ask questions like, wow, can you tell me how did you get here? Or, you know, what were, what were the biggest obstacles um, when you were trying to accomplish that? Or, you know, what, what is the best advice you would give someone or give me you know, if I wanted to do this thing, um, mm. because I believe we can learn so much from one another. And like you said, you know, you're back to how men, especially men hold back. They're so afraid to ask because they think they're supposed to be, it's, it's, it's one of our um, seven roadblocks, but you know, the excuses, which is just about stubborn pride. Like, Oh, I don't, I don't need to ask. I already have the answers. You know, it's that stubborn pride. Like I can't let someone know that I need something that I you know, want to know something because I don't have all the answers. It's acknowledging you don't have the answers, but it's such a beautiful thing. When you ask, people are so willing. And I have to say, Mark is one of the best askers I've ever seen. And I know he's a guy, but he has gotten past that because he will ask anyone anything, but I know that's why he has had such magnificent success, even with, with the book series that you can see for the soul series. It, it's amazing. I mean, he didn't stop asking. They were rejected 144 times and he kept asking. <laughs> Mark, what was the number that you were going to quit at? Was it 146? <laughs> <laughs> I've never been asked that. That is wonderful. But right, I studied all those things. And I'll go back to your three questions. But, uh, you know, Thomas Alvarez and your neighbor there in New Jersey, you know, if the story is true, 10,000 experiences, they said, well, you're a failure. He said, no, 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 you don't get it. I had 10,000 learning experiences. I've never failed. And the way he did it was the third one, which we'll go on in Edison first, is he always had a key in his hand. He'd go into deep meditation and prayer and say, God, what is it I do? And the key would hit the floor and it woke him up and it said, tungsten in a vacuum and ba-ba, we get a light bulb. Back to my three questions. 
on, on what I asked with others. First of all, when I'm bankrupt, I asked Chip Collins, who lived in uh, um, Dick Shields, how, how do I do what you're doing? That was number one. Number two is in, I interviewed the 100, once we started doing books, Jack and I, I, I interviewed the 101 best fiction and nonfiction authors. I didn't ask them how to write. I know how to write, I thought. And some people criticized that because I'm pretty big, so I've got a big target on me. But I said, hey, um, tell me how you marketed and sold more than ever. And I'm the only one that ever put together a wild business plan that said, this is all I'm going to do to sell more books than anybody's ever sold. And the real goal is sell a billion, which I'm going to live to be 127 with options for renewal because Genesis 3.6 says, <laughs> thou shalt live to be 120, right? And Moses, his breath was not bright, and guile found his off. Then the third thing is, is I, I, I said, well, how do I make the biggest and most lasting legacy contribution to humanity? And, and uh, I'm on the program, I'll tell you, a multiplicity of ways. So hopefully you'll have us back in your show because it's been you are really good. I've never heard any of these questions. <laughs> I'm pulling them out, pulling them out. Yeah. All right, so uh, third question back to you, Crystal. Obviously, ladies go first. That's why I'm letting you lead here. What are the three best questions you've ever asked God? Let's get real. Let's get personal. Let's get intimate. Yeah. In those quiet hours, those, that time in the morning, right. what are the top three questions you've ever asked God that have changed right. your life? I think um, one of my most consistent questions to God is, you know, what, what is it the bigger picture here? Because, you know, a lot of times we get mired in our own stuff. You know, we start focusing in, 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 and we are trying to solve problems or do something. And it's almost like, you know, when you focus your camera on a pimple or something, right? You're just see the problem. So I love to ask God, like, what is the bigger picture? Because when you pull back the lens of the camera a little bit and look at it from the God's eye view, you realize, number one, it's not all about you, which is really important. It's really important for your spiritual health, your emotional health, and your mental health. Because so often, a lot of our troubles that we feel internally are because we tend, we all tend to get a little narcissistic. I mean, it's just a human condition. We think, oh, it's everything's about me. But if you look at it from the God's eye view, it's, it's what is the bigger picture, God? So I can see all of it. Mm. it's not all about so i can win or i get everything i want there's like a bigger picture and i'm a part of it and it's a good plan and i'm going to trust it so you know that's an important question for me um i think another like consistent question for me is like what is my purpose god keep revectoring me you know what is my purpose you know um because i want to stay on that purpose what should i focus on what is my purpose and then I would say my third question, and I think this is probably my favorite one because I feel it really deeply inside is like, what is the greatest expression, God, for which you made me? What is my greatest expression for which you made me? And it's, it really opens up your heart and mind and your soul because there's probably so much about yourself that you're not aware of, but God is aware of all of it. So I always ask that question. And it's funny in life because this human experience, it's this physical earth experience where we encounter difficulty. That's part of this journey. And we don't know for sure why, but life is nothing if it's not a walk of faith, right? Even when I get out of my car in the morning, I have to have some faith that it's all gonna turn out well, right? And this, this journey that I take down the street, it's all gonna be okay. 
life is a walk of faith, but it has a tremendous value to all of us. We have to accept, we don't understand all of it. Mm-mm. We have to trust and we have to believe and keep asking God for that direction, for that reassurance. Some when we day, you know, when we all go to the other side, everything's going to be revealed. But I do know because I've asked so often and I feel so blessed to have, you know, I feel like I, I, I get answers from God and I know that it's all very meaningful, but we always need to look at that bigger, bigger picture. I love what you're saying there, uh, Crystal, because I, I think the key that a lot of us miss is, is stopping the distractions and getting quiet with God and stop talking. What we have to say to God really isn't that important. What he has to say to us will shift our entire life. And, and learning to just quiet ourselves and listen, which you guys have both successfully been able to do. And then I, I, like the way I was hearing you say it, it's like, it's very simple. The, the arrangement God has set up, like no different than when your kids were little, right? And they'd look up to you like, mommy, do you love me? Daddy, do you love me? And they need that constant reassurance. Mommy is what I'm doing good is what I'm doing pleasing, right? Yeah. And this is how we, God wants us to come to him is like, am I on purpose? Am I on track? Daddy, do you love me? Yeah. Am I still going the right path? And that takes humility, doesn't it? Childlike faith. And this yeah. is what we resist a lot, I think. And, and, well, well put, Chris. Thank you. And I love how you summed it up, Joseph, because I honestly think that's what breaks us down and makes us feel sick and hopeless when we stop asking our loving God, you know? Yeah, for sure. All right, Mark, wrap us here, man. What are the top three questions you've ever asked God that have shifted your life in a powerful way? Oh boy. So it's a lot of iterations of the question we teach in the book. Ask yourself 400 times before you go to sleep because the subconscious never sleeps. It's in touch with God and infinite intelligence and infinite wisdom. And, And so you say, God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? So Second iteration of that is when Jack and I did the book, he had a title on the book and I said, it doesn't work. We're going to do this thought command stuff. I mean, you know, we can do it from psychiatry. We can do it from spirit, but I, from spirit, you know, say mega best sign title, mega best sign title, mega best sign title, mega best sign title, 400 times before you go to sleep and then tell your spouse or, or your sweetheart, you know, kicks you out of the bed. What? Until your spouse kicks you out of the bed. Yeah, would you be quiet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to wake you up probably, but I'm going to write down my idea because when it comes through, God says I got a nap. That's right. It. It's yeah. like a wet, slippery fish. It'll get, you know, you got to gap it. Um, and, and Jack calls up at 2.30 in the morning and says, chicken soup. I said, for the soul, we both got it. And no. I said, what the heck are you guys doing waking us up? You know, because they, they weren't getting it, but we got it. Because God, back to that thing, God talks in the still small, quiet voice. That's why when the, the boys, the, the disciples say, hey, big guy, why, what, what's the deal? You're going up there all the time. You won't bring us with you. He says, I'm about my father's business. Well, your father's business, your business and mine is ask the father, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to unfold my life? And in my case, it was, I wasn't supposed to, the reason I went bankrupt, I wasn't supposed to be doing technical stuff. I'm supposed to be doing stuff of, of messages and communication and insight and you know, uh, illumination. And I had to ask myself repetitively, how do I do that? How do I get better? How do I vastly impact the audience? And, and like, I, I suspect I've had a billion readers or more of my stuff. And, and I want to keep doing that because there's stories to tell and there's inspiration to share. And so my third question is, how do I keep doing that and doing it with more articulate eloquence 
and chasing the excellence to deliver the message is plural. Mm, that's powerful. And that, I'm guessing if we're constantly going to God, God will constantly pour into us. And when we're not feeling that we're being poured into or we're off track or we're not spiritually aligned, we're in spiritual misalignment, most likely, like I can look at my own life, those were the times in my life when I was not spending time with God. If I can hit Timothy said, if you ask and receive not, it's because you ask amiss, meaning what you just said, you're out of alignment. You're not tapped in and tuned in, tuned in and turned on to big G. Big G, big G, come on. All right, so welcome to my favorite part of the show. But before we go there to the confession round, right? Before we go there, BC Nation, I want to just look you in the ears, in the eyes right now. Hear my words right now. If there is a relationship in your life, in your family, that is just isn't working and you want it to work, you know it could work, You've been trying to make it work and you just can't figure out how. Then I want you to go to my website, josephwarren.net. And here's my guarantee to you. If we end up working together in a coaching relationship, you and I will fix any relationship in your life in 30 days or your money back. Guaranteed. Go to josephwarren.net. Get that relationship fixed. God wants us in relationship with others, right? And part of that coaching will be getting in relationship with God, getting back into spiritual alignment like we just spoke about. All right, so welcome to the confession round. Uh, Mark and Crystal, I'm going to ask you three, uh, 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? Okay, yes. You want to go first? All right, and we're going to go back and forth real quick, so short answers, okay? Ladies first, always. Oh, yeah. All right, all right, here we go. Crystal, what's your favorite thing about God? Love. Mark. Infinite wisdom. Crystal, what's your least favorite thing about God? I don't know if I have a least favorite thing. Come on, the way he does things. Uh, probably that... We have to, that we can't know everything. Like that, that God doesn't just reveal everything to us, but I understand why logically. Like, yeah, that's but we it. just don't like it. Yeah. We don't like it. Exactly. Like, can't we just know everything? Come on. Mark, man. Mark, what's your least favorite thing about God? The Old Testament tests, like let's chop the kid in half, right? Or <laughs> let's chop the baby in half when she goes to Solomon and says, whoa, whoa, whoa. But he found out whose baby it really was. Right. Yeah, God likes to scare us before he reveals it to us, right? Wake us up, yeah. All right, Crystal, uh, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our lives. What are you struggling with either professionally or personally right now? Right now, uh, yeah, the uncertainty of the world. It really disturbs me. Um, really struggling with people out there thinking that hatefulness and violence is some kind of solution to anything. Because it's not. It never yeah. will be. Got it. Mark, what about you? Same thing. I'm, I'm such a free enterpriser. Our system was working so well. It, it, it hurts my heart and soul to see all these people uh, disparaging themselves and our great, the greatest country in the world. I am a great patriot. And, and we traveled to China up until three years ago a lot. And it just, they get the wrong system. Yeah, got it. What are you most afraid of, Crystal? 
I think right now I'm most afraid that people are um, have what you'd call scales over their eyes. They're not seeing the truth. Amen. That scares me. Yeah, Mark. At a physical level, I gotta say, a snake. We live in Scottsdale, Arizona, which we love. (laughs) Boy, I was outside and. I come running in, I'm Blanche White, and she's coming out of the shower and says, what's wrong with you? I said, I just saw a rabbit rattlesnake. And it just, it really got me. And I really understand why the snake in the Adam and Eve story is there. Listen, I lived in Scottsdale for five years. That was my party sin city. Um, and yeah, I didn't like scorpions showing up uh, around my bed. That was freaky, okay? I agree with those. Two. Yeah. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s, Crystal? I think I spend way too much time doing in my 20s uh probably going to clubs you know hanging out in bars i mean i wasn't terrible but it was probably you don't need to justify it (laughs) (laughs) what do you got mark uh probably chasing women i guess yeah (laughs) surprising you didn't run into each other back then what's what (laughs) secret what secret fear do you have about people crystal secret fear that i have about people uh maybe that they won't understand me, that they'll look at me superficially and not see who I really am. Mm. So good. Mark? That they're wolves in sheep clothing because we've uh, seen a lot of people that look good but are really corrupt. And, you, and now, just if I can answer the question to everybody out there, is I ask you to type in, is this person corrupt? Do they have warrants on them? Do they have they filed for bankruptcy? And, and we, we never, we never did any of that, but we've had some people do terrible uh, things to us. And you go, hey, wait a second, we're innocent and clean. And why would that, you know, but it's a learning lesson. Well, I'm, ama- I'm amazed that I got through your filter, man. <laughs> 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 he just got, <laughs> that's awesome. All right. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God, Crystal? Um, well, I feel blessed that I started communicating with God at a pretty young, in my twenties, really. I mean, I wish I would have learned even before that, that he was so close, mm. so close. Amen. Mark? I would say that, that I faded out on God a little bit, but more or less my whole life, I've really been plugged in. And if I wasn't a professional speaker, writer, I would have been a, running a mega church right now. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> what is a new habit you want to form? And we're going to switch it up. Mark, you go first. Uh, more discipline on working on my physical core. I, I'm really good at exercising, but for some reason, I'm a little lazy and lackluster on my core. And she will gladly tell you that. And Crystal's good. been tolerating it long enough, my friend. That's enough. <laughs> I got you, Crystal. All right. Mark, what's a bad habit you want to break? And I'll come back to you, Crystal. That's, that's it. To really get doing my, uh, you know, core work better. Got it. Crystal, what's a new habit you want to create in your life? Um, I would say it's these two kind of go together. Uh, a new habit I want to create is uh, I'm pretty good at it, but prioritizing my self-care a little bit more. I mean, I, I'm really into exercise and health, but I, I kind of push myself. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. All right. Pick three words to describe who you are now, Mark. A very loving husband. Mm. Crystal, do you concur with that? Absolutely. (laughs) Mark, I'm putting you on the spot, buddy. (laughs) He is the best. He is such a good husband. He's such a good man. And I I live with him every day.
<laughs> I've never asked any other guests that like called them out like that. So you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're just having fun. Uh, Crystal, pick three words to describe who you are now. Wise, um, empowered, and God-centered. Mm. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God truly in your life. Uncertain. Um, weaker at times and um, more sadness. Yeah. What about you, Mark? Fearful, doubtful, and I had trepidation of heart. Mm. I get we, that. We all need that inner strength, but the inner strength, back to a crystal of faith, faith is substance, things hope for, evidence, things not seen. you got to have faith to even come on your show because a guy like you, could it could be perceived as attacking now i don't feel any attack no. but it just you know it is it is wonderful right there are there are those there are those who have not done their spiritual homework that would have gotten crushed with three of your questions i wouldn't have asked them those are weaker people i see who i'm speaking with they're special questions i see who i'm speaking with Yes. All right. And final question. If you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends, your kids, your grandkids in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about everything. What would you say to them, Crystal? All is well. All is well. I like that. Mark, what would you say to them? One thing. Be spiritually and physically and mentally and socially and emotionally fully functional. Mm. Got it. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God, spending time with him in the morning, quietly listening versus not? I would just say there is no mechanism um, that has the ability to reveal what is hidden in your, in your life, like asking. So take that time to ask yourself, ask others and ask God, and you will reveal all of those hidden things in your life. Amen. Mark, final wisdom. What you got? So, so we're falling indefatigably in love and we're in Costa Mesa at Mothers and, and uh, looking at each other. And there's a man in the cloth, clearly a senior, senior. And he leans in and he says, I see you guys are deeply in love. Do you mind if I uh, give you a piece of wise advice? Like, what am I going to say? No. He said, well, I'm head of Billy Graham Ministries and we've discovered only one thing keeps people happily married forever. And I obviously that begs the question, doesn't it? Well, what's that, sir? He said, spouses that pray together out loud morning and night stay together yes. happily forever. And, and we, you heard, do that in the morning and at night before we go to sleep. So it, it's really, it, it is a profound, simple asking in prayer. Mm, so good. Now to that guy who's so wise, he stole that from Bishop Sheen, families that pray <laughs> together, stay together. I got I to gotta give credit where credit's due. He's one of my favorite artists of all time, Bishop Sheen. He was wonderful, but I never saw that. I love watching him though. He's always in his oh, he's phenomenal. purple robes. All right. So we've been speaking with Mark Victor Hansen and Crystal Hansen. Uh, they just wrote the book, Ask. And uh, go pick this up. Um, you can get this uh, where? Everywhere, right? All the major retailers? Yep. All everywhere, okay? Amazon and The best source right now, but yeah. yeah. Amazon is? As a book, as a Kindle, as an audio. And then we'd ask people to come to our website, askasker.com, and askthebookclub.com. Ask we got two things. Sorry. <laughs> askthebookclub.com, and it's free. 
And we're going to teach and share with everybody for free how to become a master asker. Askthebookclub.com. We're going to do a big, massive book club so we can do a book, dis- the asking discussion. Oh, I love that. Great yeah. idea. Build that community around that. Yeah, and if you want to know more about Mark Victor Hansen, you've been under a rock for 32 years. Go to markvictorhansen.com, markvictorhansen.com. Mark and Crystal, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your lives. Thank Same you. to you. Thank God's you. God's blessings Delightful. and love to you, Joseph. Thank you for having us. Cheers. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.